The New Age Christianity Podcast is brought to you by Hello, New Age Christian family. This is Austin Fletcher. You're listening to the New Age Christian Podcast, and this is episode number 70. This is the ninth episode in our Unpacking the Secret series, and this is the first episode of part three. So in part three, we're going to take everything we've learned from the philosophy behind the secret and the law of attraction to the how-tos and the troubleshooting and the tips and tricks, and we're going to apply them to specific examples. And I'm going to stick with the examples that they use in The Secret. We're going to start with money, then we'll go to relationships, then we're going to go to health, and then last of all, how to use The Secret to change the world and your world in general. So today we're talking about money. We're going to talk about setting goals and being specific in your ask and your decisions. And uh, hopefully you will be empowered and not discouraged because money is one of those things that if you can wrap your energy around it, it can be really exciting and really empowering. So let's get started. Let's have some fun and let's use the secret. The Secret of Money. Actually, that reminds me of uh, Mike Maloney. He's got a series called The Hidden Secrets of Money. This is not to be confused with that, although that series is really freaking good. I think he's got 10 episodes now. I'm part of another project called TheEpic.org, and we have all of those uh, all of those episodes, Mike Maloney's episodes, up on the Epic Library. So if you want to know the truth about the monetary system and the Fed and the hidden secrets of money, go check it out. But this is not that. This is how to use the secret in regards to money. And um, I'm going to kind of touch a few things here and there that they do on the secret. But, um, you know, by and large, when I dig into this portion, this part three, I'm going to add as much as I can for the ways that I have hopefully learned how to start changing these elements of health, money, relationships, and the world. In full disclosure, my life is currently not at all where I want it to be financially. And there is no use in me sitting here pretending to be Tony Robbins and a billionaire telling you how to work with money. This is a journey for myself. And I feel like I have learned a lot. I feel like I have some good stuff to share. I certainly have things that I can share with you about what not to do, because that's what I've been doing. But uh, I'm also at a place right now where my life, I've had other priorities. Money has not been, it's been a wish, but it's not been a decision. And right out of the gate, that to me is one of the main reasons I've spent as much time as I have over the last few episodes differentiating the difference between hoping and wishing or deciding. I've hoped for money. I've wished I had more money. I've visualized more money. I've done the $100,000. I have a million dollar, a fake million dollar bill that I kept on my refrigerator. It didn't work for me, right? Now, one of the beliefs I have is that I learn things the hard way and so that I can teach others the easy way. That is a belief that I have rubbed up against many times in my life because you can imagine the idea, so I'm a teacher at heart. I love helping people, but I do have this belief that I learn things the hard way because it means I can help people 
troubleshoot. I can do this podcast because I've learned it the hard way. Somebody who doesn't hasn't learned how to how to have to act with the law of attraction, they're usually not the best people to tell you how to how to use it. Oh well, I don't know. I've always been wealthy. I've always had a great paying job. I've always had an upgrade. I've always been financially secure. I find money all the time. Well, how do you do it? I don't know. I just do it. So I find that people who naturally have these habits and naturally have energies flowing in their life, they tend to be not the best teachers of it. Now you can be, it's not to say that like, I would like to think I'm a decent teacher of spiritual growth when that has always come very easily for me, but it's been intentional to unpack like people who make a good money and they pause and they go, wait a minute, why do I make good money? Why am I so easily financially secure? Why is it not hard for me to find a balance between life and professionalism? And I make good money when I work and I'd never get ripped off and I find money all the time. And like it, there's certain people that may pause and go, okay, let me examine this. Let me look at the beliefs. And so it doesn't mean that you have to have a hardship in order to learn. But for me, by and large, I have decided to learn things the hard way. And I've stuck with that belief on purpose so that I can be a great teacher, that these podcasts would be interesting. And that's never more true than it is with my relationship with money, that I have you know, a little bit of my story. Um, I've started, I'm 38 years old at this as the recording of this podcast. And I know, I think at last count, I've started at least... 24 different companies in the last 15 years. And many of those companies, I had business partners, most of those companies had business partners. And I've had multiple, multiple, multiple scenarios where business partners have stolen from me, cheated, uh, hijacked the company and made bad decisions to, I've got <laughs> I'm not going to get into the details beyond that. Some of you may know some of those business partners. I've had some consistent business partners throughout the years that have always been really great business partners, but they, like me, have been cheated or stolen from. Obviously, I wouldn't uh, keep going to business with the same people that do that. But uh, this is not a complaint session about those things, but it is about beliefs and it is about patterns. And I've talked about, to be brutally honest with yourself, so what is it about picking bad business partners that is on me, right? And so that's affected my relationship with money in a major way. I'm, I've been in major, major debt in, you know, over a million dollars of debt from a business standpoint for 12 years now. And I don't know if I'll ever be able to pay it back. Uh, some of you listening to this podcast were people who invested in a company I was a part of years ago. And I, I have done my work to get past it, if you will, in a way that I can at least go to sleep at night. But there was years, like six, seven years where I felt the weight of that debt and the weight of that failure. And it caused health problems in me. It caused, I have a neck thing right in the lower part of my neck on the left side that if I get stressed, especially financially, it hurts tremendously. It's excruciatingly painful. And I woke up one morning in 2009 out of nowhere in the middle of this process, nothing happened, but I woke up and my neck was severely injured. Um, ended up fusing a couple of vertebrae. And, I mean, and there's more to the story about being healed by Jesus in the middle of the night one time in a dream and something. There's, there's a lot to that story. I don't say that to say anything other than I've gone through my journey with a hell of a lot of awareness. And so if I 
come and do a, an episode about money or health or relationships or whatever. It's not to pretend like I have $500,000 in the bank. I live in my dream house. I already have all my dreams. It is to say, these principles I'm giving you are, is what I've learned to this point. You better believe if I learn something better, I will share it. And if there's anything that I have to say that can help you unlock your success, even if I'm still a few months down the road or a few years down the road, I don't know. But I do know that there are principles that I have learned. There are things that I've figured out that I think can help just about anybody who's in the right place to hear them. So again, this isn't about how good of a teacher I am as much as it is about what this produces in you, right? And so if this produces clarity in you, if it produces inspiration in you, if it, can, if it produces frustration in you, I'm not sure. But it's on you to know yourself and uh, hold yourself accountable to those results. And so I only thought it was fair to do a full disclosure about my own financial state. As a matter of fact, this week I am finishing my process for filing bankruptcy. And it is very much a clean slate reality. There's a lot more to the story, but uh, I'm okay and I'm not discouraged. I'm actually more encouraged than ever, but um, it is a move that I feel like spirit is having me make and it's part of my journey. And there's bankruptcy is one of those things that people for years, many, many successful people have filed bankruptcy and uh, I'll never forget talking to my grandfather not too long ago and I asked him, you know, how many companies he had started over the course of his life. And he said, you know, at least over uh, somewhere between 60 and 70. And I asked him if he had ever failed. And he said, well, of course, but I figured if I succeeded 51% of the time, then I was a success. And I know from previous stories that he's had multiple companies file bankruptcy, but yet he's doing well financially. It never crushed his identity or any of that, that it is I'm filing bankruptcy because I started some companies that did not work. I put it on personal debt and it's, it's the risk of being an entrepreneur. And so I don't look in the mirror and view myself as a failure. I don't, I don't have anything to hide, right? I've been doing an episode on money and how to use the law of attraction to change your relationship with money. And yet being someone who this is where I'm at, maybe you just push pause now and say, Austin, I love your stuff on spirituality, but clearly on money, you don't know what you're talking about because your life looks like it does. Well, I'm passing on what I've learned. You know, that scene from, uh, the Last Jedi with uh, Luke Skywalker and Yoda comes back and Luke Skywalker is frustrated. Uh, Ray has just left the island and he's failed to teach her anything really because he didn't want to give empower somebody with, with her skills. And he's a failure as a teacher and he beats himself up and he's it's a pretty sad, sad character. And Yoda comes and says, you didn't do what I told you to do. And he's like, what are you talking about? And he says, I told you to pass on what you've learned. And he goes, yeah, but I failed. And he goes, the greatest teacher failure is. Yeah, pass on what you've succeeded at and pass on what you failed at. Pass on what you've learned. And so I have learned the hard way a lot of things about money. And, you know, and the other side of full disclosure, I grew up in a house with plenty of it. I grew up in a house that uh, was wealthy by a lot of people's standards. And so energetically, I know how to touch certain energies of wealth and prosperity and ease and success. And so it's a really been a really interesting dynamic to live in my head and in my world for years where 
I have valued spiritual growth over money. I have valued relationship over money. I have valued so many things. And money has taken, it shows in the fact that it's never been a priority. But I'm done with that. I have decided that in 2020, money and success and getting a clean slate is as important as spiritual growth and it is an interesting dance because I think I've one of the beliefs I've had for years is that, you know, if I'm going to work on spiritual growth, then money just is what it is. I've never believed that I have to be poor. I don't give it that like poverty mindset, religion, bullcrap. But I have at least bought into the idea that, well, if I'm going to focus over here, then money's just going to fall where it does. And it's not falling well. So that is my story. And, you know, it, when we get into the other aspects of health or relationships or the world, I feel like I have a lot more success in those areas and a lot more uh, track record of, yes, this stuff does work. But on the money one, I'm as theoretical as anyone else. And I'll tell you what I feel like I've learned in the in the tools that I am implementing, and you can take them or leave them. And let me know how they go. <laughs> so, you know, one of the things, and this is how the law of attraction works, whether it's money or not, but in the case of money, remember I talked about, you know, being specific. Uh, specificity with what it is that you're asking for is really non-negotiable. The energy of hoping that someone's going to buy you pizza for dinner versus expecting to have pizza for dinner, that's two very different energies. And so when it comes to money, specificity is huge. And so my favorite story of this is Tony Robbins. Um, I'll see if maybe I can find the YouTube video and, and put it in with the uh, in the, on the website inside of the post for this episode where he asks the crowd, he says, how many of you know your number? And he's defined the number as basically what would you need to have saved to know that you would never have to work a day again in your life? Not that you wouldn't work, but that you wouldn't have to. And like two people raise their hand and it's a room of a few thousand people. And the one guy who raises his hand is like young 20s. I think he's like 21 or 22. And, and Tony says, okay, what's your number? And the kid stands up. He says, I need a billion dollars. And I mentioned this briefly in the last episode. I won't belabor the point. But Tony Robbins basically raises his eyebrow like, oh, a billion dollars. Really? What kind of dreams you got? And so this kid starts to lay out that he wants a private plane and he wants an island and he wants this, that, and the other. And Tony, like, who has an island, who has a private plane, kind of knows what he's talking about. Basically breaks it down, explains to the kid why you actually really want this and this and this because that doesn't get you what you want and that's not at all what you think it is because you you don't know what you're talking about and blah, 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 blah. And I think he works him down to like, you don't need a billion dollars, you need 13 million, right? You invest that 13 million at this rate with this company, you can live off the interest for the rest of your life and this entire massive showboating life that you want, you can live off of 13 million. And... He does the math. It's like a 45-minute clip. And by the end of it, you're like, holy crap. I don't even want a third of that. So if that kid needs $13 million, how much do I need? Well, that's the question. How much do you need? What is your magic number? If you were to invest a number and live off of the interest, what is your number? Now, are you a risk taker or are you a conservative person? So you could say, well, I'm going to live off the interest of 10%. 10% is a good, 
it's a risky number because you may not make 10% every year. Sometimes you make 20%, sometimes you lose 10%. Over time, you probably average it. Or are you more of a conservative person? Say, no, I'm going to just live off of 5%. That's me, not because I'm not risk taker, but because I would like to take the other 5% and roll it into exponential growth so that 10 years from now, that other 5% is now making even more money. And so my numbers grow with whatever. That's my own philosophy. That's deeper than I need to go. But what is your number means, do you know the kind of life you want? Do you want how big of a house? Do you want two houses? Do you want three houses? Do you want four? Why would you need four? What would you do at the fourth house? How often would you be there? Would you Airbnb it while you're not? You're going to do a timeshare? Do you want a private plane? Or do you just want to rent an executive jet because you only want to take a couple trips a year anyway? And you can just rent a private jet for a fraction of the cost than owning your own plane. That's one of the things Tony talks about with this young man. He said, you know, he says, how often are you going to fly? Are you going to fly five times a week? And he's like, well, no, I, I would work, you know, probably... Yeah, two to three times a month. Tony's like, why on earth would you own your own plane at that point? <laughs> Just own a timeshare plane and execute jet and uh, have all the benefits of it with with a fraction of the overhead. Are you sure you want to own your own island or you just want the ability to live on an island? Because if you own your own island, then you've got to make sure that you have all the food there and you have the facilities and everything. Why don't you just rent a private condo on an island if that's the experience you want? Or do you want to own it? He's like, if you want to own it, that's cool. You can go buy one for $150,000. They're, they're not that hard to buy. Do you know these things about yourself? Do you know the life you want? Before you can know your number, you need to know the life you want. Have you done the work to work through exactly what your dreams are? Do you, what are your dreams? Seriously, what are your dreams? Dreams are very specific energy. And for most people, they're forgettable. They're nebulous. We saw this car one time. We go, man, that man. If I ever had my dream car, it would probably be that. Do you even remember the name of that car? <laughs> Do you remember what color it was? Do you know? Is it was when was the last time you saw it? Was it ten years ago? Is that still your dream car? Or do you maybe want one with newer technology? What are your dreams? For me, yes, I want a kick-ass dream house. I want certain things out of it. I want to be able to host and entertain. I want. Blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to get into it. It's not Austin's dream house episode. I know exactly what my dream house to be. When I think about a second house, I realize, wait a minute. I also want to be really successful. I want to be busy. I want to be influential. So the idea of like having all this vacation time doesn't really apply. So if I want a second house, there's got to be a practicality to it. Or at the very least, it needs to not be so super duper expensive and massive that it's this huge thing to overcome to take care of in the overhead. And so maybe it's a small cabin in the woods somewhere. I wasn't sure, like, do I really want a second house? I want a second house if I have, there's a couple different ideas that I want to pursue professionally. But if I don't pursue those ideas professionally, if they don't become decisions to then implement everything like that, then I'll probably only have one dream house and like a cabin. Or I'll have two houses one is my dream house. One is really, really nice. And then I'll probably just do like a timeshare or a condo or something like that in a place that I like to go vacation. I don't need five houses. I don't need these massive sprawling estates everywhere I go. It's just not what I need. And when you realize that, wow, okay, so for me to have this house and that house, and this, I don't need as much as I thought. I don't need the a private jet. I would like to fly executively, but my job 
wouldn't be one that I would fly five times a week, right? My job would be maybe I fly for my job a couple times a month. I'd rather flying mostly be reserved for uh, vacations with my family. How often do I want to go on vacation? I want to go on vacation every quarter, like a, a good vacation. I want one of those vacations every year to be like three weeks. That means my professional life has to line up. my But even with that and extended weekends here and there and, and playing golf every week and like you do the math, do the math. What is your dream life? And then figure out what is your number. If you don't know your number, how are you ever going to hit it? That's just simple. If you don't have a goal, how are you ever going to get there? Most people's goal is just more money. Well, how's that working for you? Right? So Tony Robbins lays out uh, five levels of financial freedom. And this is, he calls it a financial security, which is basically you have enough invested to where your car payment, your house payment, your insurance payments would all be covered. And if you didn't work another day in your life, you'd still be able to have the basics. And then you have financial vitality, which is you have all your basics plus some of your wants. And specifically like maybe three of your big wants, like, oh, I'd also want to be able to go golfing every week. I'd want to be able to go on vacation twice a year. And I'd want to be able to have a motorcycle, right? So that's financial vitality. And then there's financial independence, which is basically the exact life you currently live, golfing, vacations, going out to eat, everything like that, everything you currently live that you would have enough invested to pay for that and you'd never have to work a day in your life to live the way you currently live. So financial independence is kind of, if you were to ask Tony Robbins, that's kind of his baseline. Like how much do you need to be financially independent? Or you don't have to change your life at all, but you can live this way. And that's pretty easy to figure out that number. So you just take what your budget currently is or what your spending currently is and figure out if you have a high risk appetite, if you think you would live off of 10% of your investment income or 5% or whatever, you just do the re- reverse the math and go, oh, I would need $1.2 million invested to live this way the rest of my life. And it usually is somewhere around like that number. I mean, think about a million dollars invested, 5% of a million dollars is $50,000. So 1.2, you know, at I mean, at 10%, that's $120,000 a year. Somewhere in there, $60,000 a year, $70,000 a year. If you realize that that you weren't having to pay for all these other things and you weren't having to pay, and that's after taxes and any of that, that's a lot of, that's pretty dang close to what a lot of us live. And even if you live more or less, whatever. Point is, is it's not that big of a number. And then you get the fourth level is financial freedom. So that's your current life plus additional wants. And then absolute financial freedom is anything and everything you could ever want. And remember, this is how much you would need to invest in order to live off the interest. So if you need $400,000 a year and you're at a 10% investment risk portfolio, then you need to have $4 million invested to live off of 10%, right? So that you never deplete that original $4 million, something like that. So what are your dreams? And this is fun. This is where you get to go shopping. Figure out your ask. Figure out what, decide the things you want. If you don't know the the dream house, if you don't know the dream car, if you don't know what kind of vacations you want to take, there's a way in which to do it just to frustrate the hell out of yourself. Don't do that, (laughs) right? 
do it in the excitement and the joy of like, okay, I'm giving my soul, I'm giving my energy something to focus on. I'm giving it a laser target to shoot for so that the universe and the law of attraction knows what to bring my way. Go shopping. Build your vision board. And again, remember that story from The Secret where the guy literally bought the house that was on his vision board and he didn't even realize it. That's how it works. That's how this stuff works. You let it go. You shout for the thing and then you let it go. You decide, yes, this is what I want. And then you follow intuition down that path. You follow your plans down that path. You decide, I'm going to build this life. I have decided. Austin has decided this year that he's going to clean the slate of his life and get out of debt. And at the end of this year, I'm going to go on vacation. I'm going to go to Harry Potter world and maybe even a cruise. That is my decision for 2020. And that is now my job to make not only step into creative position, but also to follow intuition to get there. And remember, part of this is, especially when you get to the, to the asking, it's one thing to have a vision board with your dream house and realize that you're not yet asking for it. You're building the energy of it, you're getting specific, but you're not yet activating the ask. That there's a sniper-like priority in which you go, first, I'm going, because it, it needs to be believable for you. Remember that from the secret. It needs to be believable for you. So for me, my dream house, my dream car, that's not believable for me. Right now, what's believable for me is that I would get a clean slate, which is still the largest number I've ever made in a year, and that I would, at the end of the year, I'd be able to celebrate that clean slate by going on a sizable vacation, unlike anything it's close to some of my better vacations over the last few years, but you know, going to Harry Potter world, finishing up with a cruise would be awesome. And then a great Christmas like that is about the edges of my belief right now. And if it upgrades in six months, then great. So go shopping, find the edges of your belief, figure out your big picture, your big number so that you can give yourself something to work with and then narrow down to what can I believe for right now? And then start lining those things up. And when it comes to these things, realize once you do ask, you're going to have to learn how to act on your intuition. You're going to have to learn how to start believing the hints like Jack Canfield does. He had some hints about how $100,000 would find its way into his life. He was in the shower. He had an idea. Man, if I could sell 400,000 copies of my book for a quarter apiece, I would make $100,000. It's a very specific, so for me, uh, following kind of that example, I'm activating the spiritual coaching for Belief IQ and and NAC and everything like that. So I have realized, well, if I had X amount of student or X amount of clients at X amount per session, I could make the income in this way, shape and form. Plus, if I increase the audience size of NAC, I've had some of these ideas. I'm not dictating to the spirit this is how I make my money. This is just simply me doing my part to go, oh, I'm going to work towards activating X, Y, and Z. Spirit, if you want me to win the lottery, I'll intuitively buy a Powerball ticket and see what that works too. I'm not telling Spirit how it comes to me. I am activating an ask, a specific number, um, a specific intention for what I'm looking for this year. And then I'm doing my part to begin to start moving. And naturally speaking, it usually does include, oh, I'm going to try this business idea, this business idea. You might not have any clue, 
but pay attention to the business ideas. Pay attention to the income generation opportunities. Remember, we're talking about money. Pay attention to those hints. Pay attention to when you hear an article or you hear a news report, oh, this new industry has just popped up. Maybe that's your hint that you're supposed to be in that industry. When it's you're having you're taking a shower and you have this idea of man, this random thing that I do, if I could get a hundred thousand people to pay me a dollar, right? Maybe it's worth a dollar. Design an app and sell it for a dollar and see if a hundred thousand people don't download it, right? Follow the little hints while you also activate your intelligence and say, well, I, you know, universe, I'm trusting that that's going to be a hundred thousand dollars this year. So I'm going to do my part to start making that, start moving that direction as well, just with my intelligence. But in the meanwhile, this little hint there, that little relationship there, I just met a guy yesterday who does computer programs. Somebody told me, oh, you should talk to him. He does uh, computers and apps and stuff like that. And I thought, oh, wow, it, maybe this is that relationship. I talked to him. It wasn't. He's actually pretty, very similar to me as far as the skill level. He's He's what we call a no-coder. <laughs> he and I, guys like us, we, we manipulate existing systems um, and build websites and stuff like that. I'm not a programmer, but I've built plenty of websites. So he's like me. But uh, that's one of those examples of follow the hint. I am actually going to ask him. I'm going to say, hey, you might not, but do you know any programmers? Right? You don't program yourself, but do you know any? That's no different than I used the example of you know that girl who plays volleyball with that guy. Maybe he's married, but he's got a good friend. Like, just follow the hints, follow the steps while you do your part to let the universe create this. Step in and believe those hints. One thing leads to another. And the huge part is, remember, getting around different people. If you want to change your status financially, I don't know how else to say this. You're going to change the people you hang out with. Money does that, man. It's this thing where it's an energy. And... You cannot have a really nice house and the really nice cars and go on vacation or any of that and keep hanging around poor people. Like either you'll just you'll move out of their neighborhood and time or whatever, or and sometimes that happens. Sometimes it is those who are upgrading, they're leaving others behind. But is more often than not, it's actually the people who aren't upgrading, they start to resent you. And it becomes a really challenging relationship and they expect you to give them money and everything like that. Let me, I'm going to pause here real quick. I'm actually, this feels pretty important to say. <laughs> Something I learned as a kid in growing up a family with money. If you decide to change your financial status and become somebody of means and you are surrounded by people who aren't and you go, man, if I won the lottery, I'd want to bless so many people. That's great. That's really freaking great. But if you overbless people, I promise you that there is such a thing as overgiving. Not because you can't afford it, but because the soul of the person that you've given to demands reciprocity. That's how we were created. The law of reciprocity is a double-edged sword and when people are given more than they feel like they've earned or feel like they deserve, there's only one way to fill that gap. Well, there's multiple ways, but it's always it's almost almost always negative. It's either shame or resentment or jealousy or spoiledness. Like, why didn't you give me more? Like, there's a gap between 
what somebody feels like they've earned. That's why they're they're in the financial state they're in. This is the same reason why pe- often people who win the lottery don't stay rich. It's because they haven't earned it. Reciprocity is not some man-made thing. This is a universal law, and you're messing with that law when you overgive. Here's my advice. Treat money like salt. That when you're cooking and you're adding salt, you can always add more, but you can never take it out, right? If you're baking, if you're you know, cooking a soup or whatever, and you're salting the soup, just be gentle with the salt in the beginning and then taste it. And if you want to add more, if you want to add more, if you want to add more, then do that. But if you add too much, you can never take it back out. So if you want to bless people in your life with money, start small and realize you can always give them more, right? Don't pay off your brothers, your 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 siblings' houses. They will resent you, I promise. You know, help them uh, with a down payment on a, on a vehicle or take them out for a nice round of golf. Like start super small and trust that they will react accordingly. And honestly, like with siblings and stuff like that, even a free round of golf ends up creating a bit of resentment or expectation. Often if you, you know, the, the one major downfall of too much of a slow drip method is that people then begin to rely on you for everything. I, I, my dad was telling me a story of a good friend of his who over the course of 30 years never once pulled out his wallet whenever they went out to eat or when they went golfing or anything like that. Um, he had a nickname of being uh, T-Rex arms because his arms were too short to reach for the check. <laughs> And, you know, it was one of those things that my dad didn't realize until later after this guy's behavior showed that he had serious amounts of resentment and uh, I won't say single-handedly, but definitely played a major part in causing some major rifts in in my family. And uh, after the fact, he's realizing, wait a minute, this guy never paid for anything. He never offered to, he never got birthday gifts or Christmas gifts for any of us or the, you know, them or the kids or any of that. It was always just a take relationship. And although they were good friends, he didn't realize that there was, in the midst of it, was just so much resentment and so much spoiled expectation. So treat money like salt. If you want to change your life and add money to your life, that's great. But just realize that it's going to change your relationship with people around you. And this goes into that one of those, remember, said that change can be scary, right? Receiving can be scary because it changes everything. So be specific, act on your intuition. And then the next point is change your focus. What are you expecting? So most people are expecting lack, debt, poverty, scarcity. Have you ever looked, taken a, um, and if you do muscle testing, this is actually really interesting. Take a wad of cash, you know, four or five, you know, take a hundred bucks or even just a couple bucks and look at it and muscle test and see if your results go weak. Like look at a cash of money if, and if you did the, the little swallow test, do be aware that the swallow test only works a couple times before you can preempt it and manipulate it pretty easily or it starts to hurt because your throat gets dry. But try the swallow test. Hold a wad of cash or hold your credit cards and swallow and see if you can swallow. And if you can't swallow, that means that you're not congruent with money, that there's a stress there. It's usually uh, that you go weak and your body actually doesn't like the energy of money. So what? Is, how do you feel about money? Change your focus, change your relationship with money 
by acknowledging being brutally honest with how you feel about it. A lot of people feel like it's a necessary evil. Is that you? Why would you want more evil in your life? That's the truth of it for many, many people. Well, money's a necessary evil. I wish you why would you want more evil in your life? I'm pretty sure on a subconscious level, you don't. That's why you don't have it. I've just been recently having a conversation with a good friend about reframing money. That money is an exchange of energetic value with divine beings. That we are all one. We are all divinely intelligent beings. And so when I go to work, I give my emotional energy, my mental energy, and my physical energy to a job. And I am a divine being. And I'm giving my energy to another divine being who is then repaying me with energy known as money. And so I'm giving my real energy and they're giving real energy back. But we have, instead of saying, oh, here's my emotional energy, my physical energy, my spiritual energy, it is, here's some money. Money is nothing more than energy exchange. And so when you have this idea that, well, money's a necessary evil. Well, no freaking wonder you don't have more of it. You want as little evil as possible. But if money is an energetic exchange and business is simply the art of saying, I provide more value to you than you had otherwise, or I provide a value that you want to then exchange your energy for, then you can realize, wait a minute, money's not a necessary evil. Money is divine energy. Money is this really beautiful picture of humans have created an energetic representation of their time, their thoughts, their emotions, and their physical capacity. And they've put it into this form of money that we can then exchange with each other. Money is divine power. Money is divine energy. Money is divinity itself in exchangeable form. Now, do you want more of that? Change your focus, change what you're expecting. If you're expecting lack, if you're expecting debt, if you're expecting bills, if you're expecting poverty, then you have to change your focus. And there's lots of different ways to do it. My personal favorite is to work on the decision-making factor and then find that that rubber band edge of like, okay, so I am deciding to make money a priority this year and the rubber band edge for me is to get out of debt to set up for a successful 2021 and at the end of 2020 to go on vacation right i'm not looking to buy a new house or and, and if i do six months from now if i stretch that rubber band and i can redo it i certainly will by all means i will tell this community through this podcast but for now that is my 2020 goal that is my focus And it really does come down to the power of decision. And my last little kind of hint or my last little piece of advice is actually comes from a book and I'm probably going to do an episode on it on the one thing. Um, This is my book for 2020 that spirit gave me. And the basic premise is, is that you can, there's lots of reasons why focusing on one thing at a time and realizing, yes, you can accomplish many, many things. You can accomplish huge things. But line up one thing at a time and, and set priority for this one thing at a time and treat it like dominoes, that one domino can knock over another domino twice its size. And then by the 57th domino, you're reaching the moon. So that if money is your goal, then realize that you don't need to 
we set these huge goals like, well, I need $4 million. And it's like, that's my one thing. Well, <laughs> maybe how much you get $4 million? Well, I need a good business idea. Okay, so how might you get a good business idea? Well, I should probably hang out with new people. How, okay, how would you hang out with new people? Well, I guess I would need to start uh, going to uh, business meetings or whatever. Okay, so how would you do that? Oh, well, my buddy invited me to their local business network rooming thing, so maybe I'll do that. All right, so your one thing is going to the business networking thing and finding a new relationship, not, well, my one thing is making $4 million. Your one thing is making $4 million, but focus, bring that down on to a domino that is something that you actually have the capacity to knock over and watch that knock over a bigger one and a bigger one and a bigger one. So change your focus. Instead of focusing nebulously on negatives or even nebulously on positives, focus on very specific things. Get down, make your decisions, and focus on one thing and let the rest take care of itself. So hopefully this has helped. I don't know. I feel like this episode was a bit more rambly than usual, uh, trying to share some of my thoughts on money. It's, it's fascinating to me to see just how priority and decision really do play into all of these things. Money has not been a priority. It is this year for me, but the priorities I have had are super powerful. And I would like to think that that is evidence that this year money will follow suit. So stay tuned. (laughs) Stay tuned in 2020 and I'll let you know if anything changes, if the priority changes. But right now I do feel that... uh, getting a clean slate and uh, financially starting fresh for 2021 is my goal for 2020. So I'll keep you posted as to how all that goes. And um, yeah, maybe we will journey together and this whole community will take a uh, financial upgrade in 2020. Sounds good to me. So uh, if you guys want any uh, help, spiritual coaching is my one thing this year um, on how to do this. So Hit me up, austin at newagechristianity.org, beliefiq.com. By the time this episode airs, hopefully Belief IQ's website will be up and running. It is up and running, but it'll be finalized and and more interactive. But uh, I do appreciate your time, as always. An hour is very precious in our day and age. And I do genuinely mean that. I say that a lot, but uh, it's one of the aspects of reciprocity. And if you want to show so financial reciprocity, which is of a different nature, then by all means, we are a nonprofit organization and appreciate donations. And if you want to purchase any coaching services, that is now available as well. So God bless you guys. Hope you're having a great week and a great 2020 to this point. And we will see you on the next episode.